Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. This week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show, we are going to be hanging out at New Magnolia Brewing Company, and our guest this week is going to be Shane Robinson, Sean Spiller, and John Ferguson. So everybody get some good beers and get ready for some Drink of Ages. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show. I'm John Denman, your host. DJ Muskratch is a producer, always looking fly in his Adidas gear. <laughs> you guys got more track suits than anybody that I know. Uh, <laughs> But you know they always they always match. They match his shoes. So it can last you a lifetime. Yeah, it can. Yes. Yeah. As it shows that you know that's, you have comfort, you have durability, breathability, and you know fashion never goes away. Right. <laughs> so it's, you can always run around in a tracksuit. But this is this is Drink of Ages. Uh, we are hanging out at New Magnolia. It is a brewery that opened up here in the Heights area. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a I don't know. Timber Grove's right here. Garden Oaks. Well, that's a little further up. Uh, yeah, technically this is Shady Acres. Shady is what Acres. They call this. Yeah. yeah, it's strange how many kind of separate areas there are around here. It's kind of hard. To I didn't know that many down. existed until all of a sudden they started building apartments, and then all yeah. of a sudden the apartments are named after the area, and it's like, what, where did they come up with that? Oh, that's what it's been called for the last you know hundred years. That's right. This yeah. little development, this little small pocket of Houston. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's so many of, of just different places. So, you guys are TC Chester, 18th Street. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And it's you hear everybody say Beavis because it's more fun to say Beavis, but is it Bevis Street? Depends How, on who you ask. Proper. I mean, you, you ask a local who've been like a woman came in. and She's like, I've been here 20 plus years. It's Bevis. And I'm always like, Well, we're gonna create a shirt that says, Hey. Butthead, it's Beavis. <laughs> so, it goes both ways, I suppose. We're not married to either one. I think I say Bevis. Yeah, when I was at uh, FedEx the other day, mailing some, sending some stuff off, the uh, clerk said, called it Bevis. So, I don't know. Bevis, Beavis, well, the postal, like Beavis. Co- post office calls it Bevis, and you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I don't know. They call me Deanman a whole lot, so that's not quite right. John Deanman. It's like, what? What'd you say? No, that's not. It's not quite right. But yeah, it's. But it, you guys have a, a nice place here. It's a nice big place. Um, yeah, we. Um, I'll, I'll just to parlay on what you're saying. I mean, we. This place is kind of majestic. We found a one-acre um, site here in the Heights that's uh, got all on-site parking plus we have uh, street parking uh, where the Timber Grove Athletic Fields park so we got another two or three hundred spots on the street easily um, we're in an 8,000 square foot uh, dock high warehouse that uh, is flanked by two uh, 
patios, one that's covered, uh, and then one that's our sun deck, as we're calling it. Um, and then uh, we got these uh, roll-up doors on both sides of the building, so we have a nice cross breeze. So even though we're not air-conditioned, uh, we still stay pretty comfortable in here all year round. Uh, so it's a, it's a neat little space. I think it's kind of one of the more unique uh, breweries in and around Houston these days relative to where we're located, the demographic that's around us, just the vibe of the building itself. We, we, we're going for uh, urban rustic. That's kind of what we, what we have here in place. I think place. you guys know that one pretty good. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> there. I mean, a nice big bar. That's, that's what... 42 awesome. feet. Yeah, 42 feet bar. And, and that's because I'm sure you guys know, I mean, that's the first place people go and they sit down. Yep. Is, and then for some reason they like to sit at a bar. I mean, I like to sit at a bar, but you also have a lot of tables and everything, couches. But right now the couch would be nice, but that's because it's you know, almost feeling like nap time. <laughs> it yeah, change the, the whole outlook of the show if we were sitting on the couch. But Yeah, no, when we envision the space, um, being from the Northeast myself, I, I, I realize that bars are a big part of the um, the community effect, right? And craft brewery is about community. And even people like to sit at bars so that they can kind of be on their own but yet be connected with what's going on around them. And then we also wanted to break the mold on the uh, picnic table setup, which is, seems to be the go-to for most breweries. And so we, we kind of split that out and went with longer uh, family-style tables. And then we also have a format with, sh- with two-top, four-top. And then we have these um, high-top ten tables. And then we have some low-top uh, or uh, ten tables as well. So I mean, the idea was just to give people a lot of flexibility in how they want to utilize the space, not make it so much that we fixed it for our, our purposes. And we move this space around all the time to suit whatever need we have, whether it's an event or if it's just something we want to just like play with. Uh, it gives an opportunity for the, the people that just want to come sit by themselves. Hey, they can find a spot, but Easily. you know, it's more fun sitting with other people <laughs> at a table like this, you right? Know, where most groups don't roll in 10 deep, so you end up sitting with other people and you sit around and start talking to them. And yeah, totally. I mean, we see that all the time. That interaction at the bar is what we're going for. I mean, if I could tell people, hey, get off your phone for five minutes and say hi to the people to the left and right of you, <laughs> I would, but I'd probably piss a lot of people off. I think you just put a sign up. Yeah, where you're not actually saying it, but it's there like, hey, yeah. put your phone down. It's a reminder. Yeah. yeah. Hey, there is a friend next to you that you haven't met yet. Right. <laughs> But on the other hand, what we do see here, because we are a neighborhood community uh, uh, brewery taproom, we do see a lot of the neighbors walking in and meeting each other here uh, because they, uh, they just enjoy getting together. So, yeah, they'll have some impromptu groups that will come in, too. Well, that's something that, that's that really nice. don't really have that much anymore is because I guess because there's such an influx of people in the neighborhoods and stuff like that, that they don't really know their neighbors. Like, we lived in our house for 19 years, and so we know our neighbors like around us pretty well. But then the people that move in, they're like, oh, yeah, we, you know, they don't know the people next door to them and stuff like that. So it's... And, and literally, I mean, all these little patio home townhomes, I mean, that's what this area is comprised of. And these people are like, oh, you live right across the driveway from me. <laughs> and you're in here. Great. And the next thing you know, they're coming in together. Or they're rendezvousing here before they're going out. We've, we've, we've seen a lot of connections be made and, and formed here in the brewery because the people that like live in the neighborhood walk in and see each other. And, I mean, I, I think like 80% of our clientele is 
foot traffic from the neighborhood, people walking over. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic. One of the interesting things we saw the other day, though, is that uh, two people met for the first time, but their dogs had met before. (laughs) They have a common dog walker that they each hire. And so the dogs came in, and they recognized each other (laughs) immediately. But the the dog owners had not yet met, so they met that (laughs) afternoon. And we are dog friendly, so, I mean, you know, that's a big plus because uh, some of the breweries around us aren't. Um, and so we have a wall right here with all of our dogs that yes. we love with all the little Polaroid photos. And we donate money um, from all the beer that we sell to the HSPCA. Um, so we're, you know, we're pet friendly. Yeah, it's a beer is, beer is one of those things. I mean, it's a good icebreaker because uh, there are people out there that don't like to drink beer, you know, and there's. Not very many of them, thank goodness. But, you know, it's also just sit back and just have a beer, you know. And yeah. so when you meet somebody, it's like, hey, you want to meet at the brewery and grab a pint? Most yeah. people don't say no. Right. Beer has always been a social lubricant, you know. Uh, I think it's one of its better uses, uh, <laughs> beer, you know, uh, breaking down conversation barriers. Absolutely. And, and those things. Absolutely. Yeah, where you guys are situated, you really, I mean, of course, you know, Within like five miles, there's a lot of stuff, but within you know a mile, which is not far in Houston. I mean, it, it, well, actually, it is far in Houston. So if you're living in your house and you're looking to go somewhere, you don't really think about driving three or five miles to go to that place because you're going to pass up 25 other places. Right. So you guys are got a good location right here because you're in a very dense area yeah. that's still building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still building like crazy. I feel like your travel radius gets smaller the closer you move into the city, and and we're you know we're pretty central. So I, I get what you're saying about like you know, traveling too far. Um, uh, yeah, it has been one of the cooler things to see is that like a lot of the people that are coming in here live within walking distance. Right. There's a lot right. of people that walk here. There's a lot of people that walk here regularly. Exactly. A lot of regulars that are neighbors, and and uh, that's something that we we really really enjoy, kind of strive for. Yeah. Then, then this brewery becomes their home turf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is. We want to be the local for the the, the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, the, the right. local pub, right. the brew pub. Yeah. You know. Um, well, before we moved, we lived in Timbergrove. Yeah. yeah. Before I moved down south, and if if only there was a brewery here, then I probably <laughs> wouldn't have moved. <laughs> <laughs> well. Oh, yeah. As I <clears throat> flash back a, a decade ago, where, where Urban South opened up is right next door like we turn left to go to urban south you turn right in the driveway to that office that's where my office was oh it's crazy and it's like man if there was a brewery walking distance from my house and a brewery that i can just walk next door to at work well (laughs) would you have been as productive would i have been as productive and made it this far (laughs) you would have started your day really really early so that you could get it all in before three exactly Yeah. Kind of shuffle the schedule around. <laughs> That's the lunch trick. breaks, <laughs> lots of lunch breaks. Right. Now this is a this is a good spot. We came by. Well, I think it was the first weekend you guys opened up, and it was jamming in here. Yeah. It, a lot of people, a lot of beers being served. Uh, you only had a f- few. You have a lot more beers on tap now mm-hmm. than what you had then. Mm-hmm. And so we were looking at the list. I mean, you guys have. I mean, how many beers are on tap? At the moment. 16? 16? I think about 16. Yeah, 16 yeah. right now. So. Kind of maintaining 16 uh, on, on tap. 
at, at any given time. All of them made here. So, yeah. Sixteen is a, it's a pretty good solid number for the first what month and a half, two months now that. We're, we're probably a solid four and a half months into it mm-hmm. as of this weekend. Time doesn't yeah. mean anything. I don't even know what time <laughs> is anymore. It's going to be Christmas before we know it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always say that. It's like, you know, by the time Wednesday comes, the week is over. Um, and by the time the 15th of the month comes, the month is over. The month is over. Yeah. So when we hit July, it's all downhill from there. <laughs> Pretty much. It's kind of, you know, when you're working, it's like just a normal day, you're doing stuff, and all of a sudden it's like 3.45, you're like, all right, I got all day. Four o'clock, well, day's done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, day's over. Yeah, I mean, we shift gears here a lot. You know, you get a lot of that brewing done during the day, then you get all the back office work done, and then you get to sit and, you know, watch your patrons come in at four o'clock. And so you literally switch gears midday, where most people are winding down. We're kind of revving up again. Yeah, well, let's take a break. Sean, you're out of beer. And John, you're getting close. And I'm not too well. All right. (laughs) Pretty much all out of beer. So let's uh, take a break. We get back. We'll talk more at New Magnolia Brewing Company. This is Drink of Ages. If you guys need anything like some shirts, some merch, some stickers, uh, from koozies to any of that stuff, whether you're a brewery, a distillery, or yeah, you just have a business you want to get started and get your brand out there, man, you need to talk to my buddy Rodney Campbell over at Cask Branding. He can take care of you with your glassware. Your, I mean, like I said, he makes all of our shirts here at Drink of Ages. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people around Houston. So reach out for caskbranding.com, Rodney Campbell, and tell him that you heard on Drink of Ages, and, man, he'll take care of you. Drink of Ages, we are back and hanging out at New Magnolia. Shane Robinson, John Ferguson, Sean Spiller is our guest this week. Um, man, if you haven't been out here, they are open. Grand opening hasn't happened yet. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but they are open over off of Beavis Street. Yep, that's it. Sixteen, sixteen, Bevis or Beavis? Bevis or Beavis? I, I just hard to say. Depending Bevis, on man. how you're looking. At I grew up, uh, you know, in the '90s, man. It's it's. <laughs> it's gonna always be Beavis. It's to always you. gonna be Beavis to me. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, yeah, so I moved on. Uh, well, first, first I had the Daisy Chain. Yeah. Beer that you made, right. and so the Daisy Chain is a cool thing where Southern Star they brew a beer, and then the yeast gets passed on from brewery to brewery to brewery. And this is the fourth year, third year. I want to say. I want to say third, third year. Yeah, the third year of this. Yeah. So. Um, it had started at, at Southern Star. Sam Wright, who was who had kind of been putting it on, he was no longer at Southern Star. So this year it started at Eureka Heights, which they're our, basically our neighbor brewery. <laughs> they're right around the corner from us. Uh, we, we love them very much. Uh, we're going to be brewing a little special something here pretty soon with them. But they brewed the initial batch of this beer, 
and then we went and, and just around the corner and picked up yeast and did basically the, the second beer with, with this pitch of yeast. Yeah. And then we passed it on, passed that yeast on to three other brewers. That's right, yeah. The interesting thing is, I mean, it's the same yeast, but every brewery puts their own little spin yeah. on what yeah. they want to make. So not everybody's making the same beer. No, yeah. So what was the yeast that was used this time around? So it's East Coast Ale Yeast, and mm-hmm. I think that they, they've used that yeast before, but it's a really, really great yeast for IPA, which is where mm-hmm. you're going to see a lot of, lot of different breweries making different types of IPAs, but a lot of people are focusing in on IPA. It's a really, uh, it's a quick fermenter, uh, it's a pretty good flocculator. Um, it's, it has, you know, a little bit of esters, but it's fairly clean. Mm, yeah. Uh, we chose to do a double IPA, which we hadn't done yet. Uh, we're still new, so there's lots of things that we haven't done. But we chose to do uh, a double IPA uh, with that yeast and uh, kind of a, a more modern IPA. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It, it, it's what we started off with. So when you start off with a good double IPA, it's a good way to go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> As people are, you know. It's a good thing about a brewery, you know, doing shows at breweries because when people come in, people that we know, you know, yeah. pop in and get to have a beer and right. hang out. <laughs> uh, then, let's see, the next beer that I had was a Kolsch. So, you know, start off start off big and then, you know, kind of like stock market the other day. You know, it just <laughs> starts off, then it just drops. And yeah. then drop the ABV down to a good, easy drinking uh, to the Kolsch. And that Kolsch was, um, it was really good. Thank and you very much, yeah. Those are, and I'm drinking the Pilsner now, and we're kind of talking in between segments. And, you know, those are two styles of beers, like the classic styles that's mm-hmm. been around for a really long time. Yeah. And they're not the easiest beer to make. I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, something goes wrong. Right, yeah. It, it makes uh, all the flavors you know, if you pick up some weird flavor in a Kolsch, it's probably not supposed to be there. Right. They're they're both, uh, we're talking about Kolsch and Pils, they're both fairly bare bones beer. There's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, incredible uh, intense flavors to kind of cover up uh, things like water or, you know, malt or uh, any kind of any, any fermentation characteristics. Yeah. Um, any so kind like, of, any kind of, of deviation from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if, if you change certain things, even little right. things, like you can really, really see it. Uh, it's a really right. kind of finely tuned beer. Um, so both of, both of those beers, our, our Kolsch and our Pils, are, are incredibly simple, incredibly straightforward. Um, for the Kolsch, it's like all Pilsner malt, all Hollertau, Middlefra, and Kolsch yeast fermented nice and cold. And then we, you know, kind of lager that beer for another two to three weeks after fermentation. So it's almost treated like a lager. It's fermented like down near lager fermentation temperature, mm-hmm. but with, uh, you know, classic uh, Kolsch yeast. Uh, ale yeast. Right. Uh, the Czech Pils is you know another beer that we're really really happy with, really proud of. All Pilsner malt, all Czech sots uh, mm-hmm. hops, uh, quite a lot of it uh, too, and then fermented with Czech lager yeast. So both of those beers, incredibly simple, um, but also for us you know very in- intensive in the way that we make it. We're really into water profiles and creating the right 
water profile for each and every beer, every beer that we're making here. We start with uh, pure 100% RO water, basically completely neutral, no salts or anything in it at all. And then we add certain things to create uh, these water profiles for these certain beers. Right, right. In the case of the, the Czech Pils water, you know, Pils and water is incredibly soft. There's very little that goes into it. It's very important that you have the soft water, which kind of softens the bitterness. Czech Pils has a lot of hops. We're using a lot of sots. Those sots are very strong, so we can use quite a lot of them and get the kind of the bitterness and the hop character that we need. But it's really important to have that water profile to support that beer. The same thing goes with the Kolsch too. And yeah. and it's I think that uh, what Sean is getting at too is with with these uh, important uh, attention, this important attention to detail. What we're trying to do is be as authentic as we can be. In the in the production of these beers, we want to, we that's our that's our thing here. Absolutely, is authenticity. Right, we're we're honoring tradition exactly. um, in yeah. basically every every way that we're brewing these beers, starting with the water profile, mm-hmm. but then also moving on to right. kind of the mashing schedule for these beers. We have a four vessel brew house. Yeah. Uh, we do very intensive mashing schedules for a lot of these beers. The Kolsch, the Pils, and the Hef uh, probably have the more intensive. Uh, mash schedules. We're doing, um, again, just very traditional mashing regimens for these beers, but because we're able to do this kind of step mashing on all these beers, we are getting a little close to uh, like how these beers would be served in their respective countries than I think a lot of American breweries are able to. Uh, lots of beer is single infusion mashed, which means it's, it's rested at one temperature um, and, then, and then loudered off and boiled or drained and boiled. Um, Basically, everywhere else in the world other than Britain, beers are step mashed. So beer in Belgium, beer in Germany, uh, right. beer in, you know, in, in, in the so Czech Republic. So just explain that just real quick because a lot of people you know, are listening. They're like, what? Or, I'm right. lost yeah. now. Now we're getting technical. Now we're getting a little technical. But, uh, but it's fun to know this about your beer. It is because <laughs> a lot of beer that's made here in the United States is... You know, you, you have your set temperature. Right, yeah. You have one uh, temperature that you mash So up. you this is basically, the, the mashes, you get your get your grain, mill your grain, put them in the mash tun, and then you put water at a certain temperature on that and let it sit to That's extract it. the sugars. Right, it's very simple. It's very effective. Um, but what you get is, you know, basically you're getting one thing happening and there's lots right. of certain different things that you can get from that grain right. um, so all of these different steps have certain purposes and certain things that you're kind of unlocking from the grain for example on the hefeweizen which is the mo- more intensive of the mashes that we do we mash in really at a pretty low temperature uh, for a ferulic acid rest mm-hmm. um, what's happening there when you mash in really low is that Ferulic acid is being unlocked from the grain, and this ferulic acid is a precursor during ferm- in, during fermentation for that clove characteristic that you get, that classic clove characteristic that you get from Hefeweizen. So doing this mash, even for a short period, basically gives you the precursor to be able to get this this uh, that really nice balance between banana and clove characteristic that you get in, in, in real, you know, German Hefeweizen. Um, then, you know, there's certain things like protein rest and choosing the exact temperatures. They all do certain things to the beer. But because we're able to do that, we have a more, we have a more uh, fine-tuned approach to building these beers, uh, basically. Yeah. I mean, just kind of think about, think about a steak. Right. Okay. So how, much, how long you cook that steak? 
<laughs> at what temperature, mm-hmm. the flavor definitely changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and so yeah. the same thing's happening to the grains. Right, yeah. I mean, you could think of it as like a low and slow versus like a, a quick and hot sort of a way of uh, doing it. Yeah. No, I want a steak. <laughs> 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 uh, no, it's... it's um, like we're talking about you know the, the the two beers, the Pilsner and the Kolsch, but like the Pilsner, it, it's not. It, there's a lot of steps involved. It's not like a difficult beer to make, but you know if any of those steps don't do what you want it to do, or yeah. something happens, then you're going to taste it at the end. Or right. if you skip a step. Or if you skip a step. Or if you it's just not do an have the average same, of yeah. the steps. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to have the same flavor profile. It works well. All right, let's take another break. When we get back, we'll talk more with New Magnolia Brewing Company. This is Drink of Ages. Tap is one of Houston's fastest-growing craft breweries. From the highly sought-after hazy IPAs to its year-round core beers, Boomtown Blonde, Honey Hole, Hop Gusher, 5% Tint, and Houston Haze. Available at retailers all around Houston and surrounding areas. Stop by one of the nicest air-conditioned tap rooms in Houston, Thursday through Sunday, conveniently located 8 miles north of downtown off 59 in Little York. Come hungry and try some of our award-winning barbecue and wood-fire pizza from Texas. Go visit our website at spindletap.com and give us a like on Facebook. Enron conversation in between <laughs> breaks, but uh, yeah, that was some that was some wild times. We're hanging out with Shane Robinson, Sean Spiller, and John Ferguson at New Magnolia, and come out uh, anniversary party or well, not anniversary the one year anniversary the, the first year birthday zero zero anniversary, anniversary party. <laughs> yeah, well, we decided the grand fi- opening. <laughs> yeah, That's it. we finally decided to have a grand opening. You know, we opened Man. November twenty second. Well, you know, I mean, there's going to be, you got, you have to have a party. You know, once you get everything rolling, you have to have a party. But then what's, what is the one-year anniversary date going to be? November, or are you going to stick to the... I, I think we're going to stick with April. It's a little more user-friendly. Yeah. Right. I think at the tail end of the year, you know, people have too many holiday obligations. Um, we had a great, like, opening in November. I mean, from November all the way to the present, we've seen nothing but amazing out turnout every weekend uh but you know you got to have a party you got to celebrate like something new and so you know we're saying come out and raise a pint and take toast something great uh the beginning of something great and so uh, you know we just we want to we really haven't like this grand opening is for everybody else the heights is in the know like they're into it they're coming in and here every weekend and enjoying the space enjoying the beers um we've gotten to know all of our community here in the heights but I think now the grand opening is kind of the veil being pulled back to let everybody else out there in the world know that we're here. We've done no marketing or advertising to date. No, and and to be honest, I think we talked about this before. As all of a sudden, I, I, I kind of have a good idea of what's going on in the brewery world, and then something popped up about New Magnolia, and I'm like, no, nah, I haven't heard anything about it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, 
hey, you want to go to New Magnolia? It's like, what? <laughs> They're open? Yeah, let's go. Let's go check it out. You remember when you used to find out about things that way? Like, and you weren't, like, reading about something? Or, like, it wasn't being put in front of your face for ten months before you got to go? The and, easier and times of life. And you heard about life. it through uh, word of mouth. And, yes. and it meant something, you know? That's, and and that's you would go check it out and get your own opinion before you had to read right. everybody yeah. else's opinion yeah, to make uh, your own. Read 50 Yelp reviews or something like yeah. that before you, yeah. you, you go and... and uh, yeah, that's. I mean, it's something that that we we definitely enjoyed uh, seeing the the basically the result of, of no advertising and that word of mouth and the neighborhood kind of starting and then those neighbors are telling more people their friends and then every weekend has grown. Uh, it's basically just been. I mean, every every weekend since we've opened, oh, it's, yeah. it's been it's been larger and larger, um, and and we, we've avoided that kind of. Uh, Advertising, advertising, advertising—the the, build-up before the opening, and then this kind of, you know. Uh, well, there's to me, to me, that's. I mean, you're a brewery, so you want the beer to do the talking, not not the, the 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 pretty colors. Right. <laughs> the, yeah. The, yeah. The, not a whole bunch of pretty colors before we even have beer. Right? Exactly. Yeah, we, we we got the beer. Uh, we definitely got the beer figured out. The beer is yeah. the beer is the good. Let the beer do the talking. And that's kind of the way that we're going to approach any kind of like marketing and, and advertising um, is, is, but you know, we're going to start to do a very small amount of distribution here in the upcoming weeks. Uh, and that's kind of be our, even more of that kind of word of mouth thing um, where hopefully people see thing, you know, new Magnolia on the menus uh, and uh, come by and, and check it out. That that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, I think you said that eighth row, Flint is going to be the first place. That's a that's a hell of a spot too. I like that place. Yeah, we're fortunate that uh, we've got connectivity to the Agricole Group, um, and so uh, we've done a couple events in the past for their Tuesday fireside uh, pop up event, and uh, we provided some beers for that in the past. Just kind of doing a little grassroots work, and then um, now we dropped our first uh, slim to them today, uh, which is our Kolsch Weiss Kolsch. Uh, and we hope to, you know, kind of just parlay that along with all the other places they have and anybody else out there. And so it's, it's been really organic for us. I mean, it's not a forced effort. Uh, when the bar and restaurant owners are coming in, drinking at the bar and talking to us and asking when we're ready to go ahead and just call them up and drop them off, um, that's a good sign of where we're at with things. I mean, I've got a handful of text messages today alone from Heights bars and restaurants uh, showing interest in asking us to set up meetings and they're asking me so that's that's pretty cool yeah yeah it absolutely yeah. is uh it's the beer's good uh, it's it's now we're out of beer so we're gonna take another break no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll roll through for a few more minutes but uh now the the, the coach is really good the pilsner was really good and so the next beer i'm gonna try is gonna be the hefeweizen and that's that is probably my one of my least favorite styles of beer to just sit around and just just have mm. but yeah you kind of have to be in the mood for hefeweizen I, i'm i love it but i'm not going to always like gravitate towards it like as immediately as i would go to something like a kolsch or, or, or a pills or something like mm. that so the but there are some there are people out there that you know really you well, know it's a shame we don't have our grudeski right yeah <laughs> well we might have a little there's might be a little oh, somewhere, okay. but uh, the the Hefeweizen, uh, I, I think ours is, is a really good balance between that banana and the clove characteristic. Yeah, uh, yeah it's not it's overwhelming. Not, it's not over the top banana. Uh, yeah. 
which it's it's actually pretty easy to make an over-the-top banana beer. To make a beer that's balanced between esters and phenols, between banana and clove, is a little more difficult. Yeah, temperature plays a pretty big role in that one. Yep, that's it. Yeah, fermentation temperature, knowing how to control that. Also, you know, like we talked about in the last segment, the certain things that we can do on the brewing side to influence how the yeast is going to react during fermentation. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're going to like it. Uh, you know... There, there's a couple of them that I do like, and most of them are the ones that all those the, the big flavor profiles yeah. are very subtle. Right. Yeah. Uh, those yeah. are the ones that I do like. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it's funny that the the Weizen character is so unique and particular too, um, but there's not a whole lot of variation between Weizen yeast. A lot of Hefeweizens out there are actually using the same yeast. And so all of these different ones that you're tasting, it all comes down to process. We're all basically using the same ingredients. Um, maybe the water's a little different, and maybe the way that we're mashing, the way that we're fermenting is a little different, but we're all basically starting with the same ingredients. So it's a fun beer to try at different breweries. Yeah, I like to do that with Kulsh's. Like, I'm always in search of like the next best Kulsh <laughs> um, because it's such a easy beer to get wrong. Um, but it's so complicated at the same time. Kolsch, it's one of those that I'm really happy to see breweries making. Yeah, it's it's not not a blonde style Kolsch. Yeah, I'm talking like a, no. like a legitimate Kolsch. Right, yeah, ours yeah. has a little more hop character than you know. It's it's definitely in the background, but it's not just like you know some some basic, really basic like mimicking BMC macro beer type thing it's 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 definitely a lot more uh refined than that uh we're using uh quite a bit it's quite a lot of low alpha or like low strength german hops um but having that little bit of of a firm like hop kind of background to it is really important yeah the there's so many hop varieties out yes. there to try that I mean there, there's there's some that yeah to get the true German style Kolsch yeah. you know, using the German style hops but then it's like man there's there's some that would probably make a really tasty Kolsch oh tons yeah I mean tons of beers and there's you know one of my I really like the idea of hoppy Kolsch there are some some breweries out there doing some really great like basically what's great about a Kolsch you have a simple malt backbone you have a clean fermentation. We're not talking about like anything from the malt or anything from the yeast getting in the way. Like what we're, what we're talking about with these beers is that they're they're very stripped down. They're very bare bones. So when you start to add in some hops that have a little more character, they really stand out a lot more mm, than if, yeah. if you're throwing them up against a wall with uh, an estery yeast and like you know a bunch of crystal malt or something like that. So it's you know it's something that we're looking forward. to to experimenting with here up pretty soon, uh, uh, messing around with some hoppier kind of versions of Kolsch. Yeah. Well, with a lot of beers on tap, uh, the main core, which ones are you looking to be like the main core beers that you guys are going to be producing all the time that you'll always find in the tap room? It's definitely going to be the Kolsch. It's going to be the Hefeweizen and the Pils. Those three we really, really enjoy. Um, our Redwood IPA, yeah. which is basically, it's a West Coast IPA. It's a very classic American IPA brewed with Centennial and Cascade. Um, some, at this point, forgotten about hops, uh, but some really, really classic American hops. Basically, it's the difference between, like, 
all of the IPAs out there now that's all about tropical fruit and all of these like pineapple and papaya and all this crazy stuff kind of going back towards what IPA was for a long time. It's a little piney, it's yeah. resinous, it's dank and it does have citrus, but it's more grapefruit than it is like tangerine or something like that. It's more of a classic kind of profile. So we've got the Redwood IPA as part of that as well. We've also got a British brown porter we call right. the Lusher's Brother um, that, that's uh, going to go up for distro as well. Yeah. yeah. So those those oh, kind of yeah, nice. starting and, and coming up here pretty soon. We're working on label approval for some more. Right. Um, one that that's in the tank lagering right now. Czech amber style lager. Czech amber lager, which is basically if you took Czech pills, nice hoppy Czech sauce ridden pills, and like up the malt content a little more. Add a little more sweetness to exactly, it. Exactly. A little bit more yeah. sweetness. You're making an amber lager. So mm -hmm. we've got one of those coming out. Uh, that we're really excited about. And we've also got it here now, the uh, ESB that we're doing, that right. we call Eves, Eves into it, um, that uh, we're pouring here now on our hand pumps as well as on nitro, uh, which I really enjoy. Uh, but we, we expect that one to, to be going out into distribution right. as probably one of those regular ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're, you know, we have a, like, we talk all the time about how we want to make beer and how we see the market and where are what we've kind of come to realize about the market. And one thing I always say to folks is we, you know, every brewery, every brewmaster, head brewer, whoever they are, they all have their own interpretation of a style of beer. And, and I think where we're at now with these interpretations is folks have kind of meandered as far away from the original base of the beer that they can possibly get to. And now they're pushing the outer limits into the experimentals and kind of really perverting it. And so in our philosophy, we try to, we're bringing it back to the basics and we're doing a really good job of that. And we're trying to help the consumers come in and get an education of why this tastes the way it tastes. And it's not like, you know, the, we're not pumping NEPAs out or all that hazy nonsense. Speaking of uh, West Coast IPAs, since we're all out of beer, let's get one of those and we get back. We'll talk more with New Magnolia Brewing Company. And uh, this is Drink of Ages. Everybody stay tuned. <laughs> Can you feel the Houston, this is Jared Montgomery, brewmaster at Megaton Brewery. If you have not heard of us, we're a new brewery in Kingwood. Come check out our air-conditioned tap room. Enjoy our free play arcade games, air hockey, pool table, outdoor patio games, and of course food trucks all weekend. Try our tasty brews or grab a pint of our favorite beers made by our friends across the great state of Texas. Megaton serves wine as well. Our tap room is open Friday and Saturday and beginning September 8th, we are open noon to 6 for football season. Find us on Facebook for hours, events, and special beer releases. Thanks so much. Stretch over there, uh, making the show sound pretty good. Putting all the 
great music in between the segments. Yeah, so dude spins a lot of really good funk. And oh, nice. Yeah, he's got he's got an album collection that's unbelievable, and you can see him over at Platypus now Thursday nights, right? Thursday nights playing the old funk. So go over there and. Uh, you know, have a few pints, listen to fun music, make some babies. That's what <laughs> the night's all about, right? <laughs> and some chicken wings. Awesome. Enjoy some of those chicken wings. But uh, we are here at New Magnolia. Shane Robinson, Sean Spiller. John had to leave. John Ferguson was here, but he had another meeting, so he's right. skipping out in the last segment. That's all right. It's always good talking to him. I uh, met you guys. Well, Sean, I've known you for a while. Yeah. And then Shane, we met... Uh, officially at the Brewers Guild meeting, mm-hmm. yeah. and so uh, yeah, we talked about business and everything. Uh, you guys have a really good team here. I mean, it's, it's getting Sean as a brewer. That's that's a pretty big win right there. And chemical engineer. And then what? Is, what exactly? What's your background? Like, why? Why did you decide to open up a brewery? <laughs> Uh, I always like to say that beer found me. I wasn't out there kind of looking for it um, from the perspective of opening a craft brewery. Um, I, I mean, I come from a management consulting, corporate finance background, and so um, I had always wanted a product. I just never knew what it was. And then when I got back to Houston, I kind of looked around and said, "Wow, the craft beer scene's pretty shallow." Yeah, that was 2011. There wasn't much going on. Um, but more importantly, John, uh, who's my father-in-law um, who's, and my business partner here, decided uh, he was making beer. Um, and he had been for many years because I'd given him a homebrew kit as a Christmas gift to impress him one year um, because he was a chemical engineer and he just dove into it head first and stayed with it for, you know, many, one many years. One of the best hobbies. Oh my God. Yeah. History of mankind. Changed my life. By far. Yes. Yeah. And so John ran with it and then I started asking for beer for like parties at my house and people were coming over and they were drinking it and they're like, wow, this is really good. Probably better than five out of the eight breweries in Houston right now. And we're like, okay. And we kept making it and making it and making it. People kept saying, this is really good. Like, you guys got to go to the next level. And so we tiptoed into it. Um, we went from the five-gallon to the 20-gallon to the one-barrel pilot. <laughs> John did his brewing arts program at the University of St. Pete, University of St. Pete South Florida, um, where he was able to study with Chris Johnson, who's with Green Bench, um, guys world-renowned. Uh, and then I put my time in at Buffalo Bayou for about a year over there. Uh, and, you know, we kind of knew we were going to do this. And so we started down the path. And it's a, it's a multi-year kind of exploration of, of how to get to where you want to get to in the craft beer industry. It doesn't happen overnight, that's for sure. Uh, we traveled all over the country talking to brewery owners, um, meeting people in the industry, got into the Texas Guild, um, just really did did the due diligence and put the, invested in ourselves and invested in like getting ourselves educated. Um, and so when we decided to go down this path, we found a really great space here in the Heights, which we've talked about. Um, but more importantly, we found Sean. I mean, that was like some of some things are cosmic that we've been doing. And that was one of those cosmic alignments, uh, bringing Sean on. Uh, we've been really like blessed and happy and, uh, we're, you know, doing great things now as a as a team and uh i think you know our kind of our 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 attitude here is just let's just get it done and have fun it's a really laid-back attitude oh uh, yeah i'll say that and 
Yeah, <laughs> it's very relaxed. Like, yeah, let's just make some beer. That, <laughs> and I gotta say, good it's incredibly refreshing <laughs> to, so, uh, to to be from, you know uh, uh, other places you've worked. I don't right. know what you, don't know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> it's it's uh, to have uh, sort of. Uh, uh, I like. I mean, it's basically for me. It's like a clean slate of uh, you know we're, we're starting from the beginning. Um, it's exactly what I was looking for. It, my, my next step in, in my career is, is basically kind of the, the, the ability to start from the, the beginning, the clean slate, guide the vision, create the beers and all those things. Uh, I started out as a home brewer, uh, like everybody does. Uh, I worked at DeFalco's here in Houston for a couple of years. I think it started back in about late 2012 or 2013. I worked there for a couple of years. Uh, it was probably one of the best jobs I ever had in my life. Uh, got to learn about brewing intensely uh basically breathed and ate and slept brewing and talked about it all day long and taught people about brewing and um worked for scott birdwell is one of the coolest guys in the houston beer scene and and uh, he, he, basically he let us uh, at, uh, at the sales associates go through the entire store and make whatever we wanted to anytime that we wanted to so i was able to basically go through all of the styles all of the grains all of the hops and kind of have this uh this crash course of working in a homebrew store and learning all the ingredients, which was great. Then, then I, I was offered a job at Buffalo Bayou uh, to kind of help out, um, kind of bottom entry level, uh, doing kegs, filling kegs, lots of kegs, keg work. I was a kegsman, as uh, a lot of people start out as. And then, uh, then, then I, I was at uh, Eighth Wonder for a short time before I went to Jester King, where I was at for four years, and, and eventually left as a senior brewer there. Um, and uh, all of those places uh, definitely very different than, than than what we're trying to do here, um, which again is like you said, it's a, it's definitely a more relaxed place. Um, there is enough of this sort of uh, the beer beer industry as a whole uh, was like in this kind of regional distribution kind of market, right? All of these large breweries, grocery stores, and convenience stores and bars everywhere, and it's kind of all of these new breweries opening up. It's brought a kind of hyper localization back to, to the brewing industry that was there before prohibition. And frankly, you know, I'm very happy to see it going back to, and we talked a bit about like this place being like a neighborhood brewery. That's something that we're really proud of. It's something that we see the industry kind of moving towards as more breweries go and open, you know, they shouldn't be kind of thinking that they're going to be able to reach their arms out and, and spread as wide as they were or could have before. You know, you got to start thinking about your immediate surroundings. And, and that's something that, that I'm really happy of that, that we're doing here. And that is a focus here is that like, you know, we make beer uh, that we're really proud of these beers that we want to be drinking all the time. Um, not just like messing around beers or like these like one-off, like, uh, just like uh, abstract kind of concepts, but like really good beers that we want to drink. Um, that, that, that's that's kind of what we're doing here. Well, you have a great facility and a really nice brew house. Thank so you. It yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely helps with all the yeah yeah it works, putting the it works pieces really well. together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we got 16 beers on tap today, yeah. uh, so we're trying to maintain that high rotation, high variety offering, so that. Uh, when our community comes through, they have something new to try. And, I mean, there are people who come through every week because we've got a new beer every week. And, you know, they... I, I think I think being where you are, like, in the, for the neighborhood, you're going to have the people that pop in, like, hey, what what's the latest beer for me to try? But you're going to have 
more people, I think, walking in going, "Hey, let me get let me get that pilsner while I look at the menu." Yeah, you know, right. Let me, yeah. Let, me, let me get what I know, and yeah. then while I look to see what else is going on. Yeah, yeah, we so see a little of that. Yeah, definitely yeah. that. Of course, flights are a thing. Uh, lots of people coming in, and you see a lot of beers, and you're like, "How do I pick just one?" I want to try. We do flights of six, so you can you can pick six of the sixteen that are on. Um, you know, so we do a lot of those. Uh, but I always think it's better just to order order the glass, have the enjoy yeah. the the whole the thing as a whole. Uh, yeah, just have have two or three, then come back another day. Yeah, that's try it. Try some others. Yeah. So I mean, that's a, that's that's a good observation. Part of what we've stuck to, and is the fact that we do have sessional beers, whether they're light or dark. I mean, we've got a handful of beers out of the sixteen, which are four and a half percent or lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think that too many breweries are focused on the big. ABB bombs and you can only have one or two and then you're done and here you get a, you can go you can run the gamut and you're, you're in good shape yeah that's right? something that we intentionally are trying to avoid those like like hot super high octane things mostly because we're we're coming at this whole beer making thing of like beer is supposed to be consumed Hopefully in, in great quantities. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, like large that amounts. you remember. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. You know, it's it's a not it's not this little delicate, but... sippy, little, you know, one or two ounces at a time kind of thing. Yeah. It's it's beer. Like a glass of beer, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It's breakfast. Right. Sure. I mean, breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah. and all the meals in between. Why yes. not? Yeah. Sure. It is not, you know, it's not this crazy alcoholic thing, the you know, perception that people have it. It's right. just, hey, just drinking a beer. Right, or this highly coveted thing, too. That's something that I've, I've grown to be tired of, is this, uh, just like this super precious, never look at it, never drink it, never ever drink it, put it on a shelf and like, and and value it uh, sort of thing. Like, yeah. beer, it's it's beer. It's, it's you know, beer. we're supposed to drink as soon it. As, <laughs> as soon as, I, I'm about to go on this big, public service awareness campaign of just hey guys it's just beer yeah <laughs> that's that's all it is just it's just it. beer Relax. guess what they could make it again yeah <laughs> I mean, oh it's, yeah it's, it oh, could be yeah. made again sure it's just yeah. like disney they like to put things in the vault and bring them back yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it, it's it's not it's it's but just enjoy it quit making it into i mean yes it is a magical thing that yeah. created a civilization and probably put us in other planets and everything else but yeah, before it's all done. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's just beer. So it just sit back just, and enjoy it's it. It's just beer. Yeah. yeah. So enjoying beer for the anniversary party. I oh, keep yeah. saying anniversary, anniversary. party. The zero I, year you know what, John? I, I keep the saying anniversary opening. party too because I, I again I, we think of it. It's the zeroth anniversary. The zero Next year anniversary. it's first anniversary. Um, and and yeah, before we know it, the year is over, and we're, we'll be at the first anniversary. Yeah, well, party. actually, it'll be our six month anniversary. Technically, Technically yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, half anniversary. Half anniversary. There we go. We just yeah. created something new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's our it's our uh, basically we're we wanted to take our time and and make sure that we had everything that we needed to have here uh, in place. Uh, all of the systems, uh, all of the beer, uh, all of that stuff. Tap room ready to go so that we could throw a really really great grand opening party. So we, we kind of took our time. And then of course the holidays and all of the things that we talked about. Yeah, and you know you. April is a great time of the year to oh, get yeah. together with people. Um, weather is probably going to be good. Who knows with where we're at with the weather? Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. But, you know, April 4th, um, so 420, 420, uh, we're throwing a party here. And um, what we're doing for the day is we're, 
we we're taking it a little we're taking a different approach you know we always do different approach here at the brewery and the tap room and just and the way we operate so we're um we've actually have two packages and we call them packages because all people i mean whenever you go to an event you always buy food and buy beverage but we're just saying hey why don't you just buy them ahead of time and then show up and then just hand in your ticket for that beer as opposed to opening a tab or pulling out your cash and all the other nonsense that you gotta do so we we have a VIP package, which is from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., which gets you crawfish, a swag bag, access to seven limited release beers, um, plus a couple beers on the side, and then live music. Then we have the general admission starting from 3 to 8 p.m. Um, that's more live music with some local acts and then um, access to those beers as well and then food trucks. Good news is you can buy it all ahead of time on Eventbrite and show up and just exchange your tickets for your fun and so we're trying to program it a little bit differently so that it's um more accessible and quick and convenient for everybody yeah we don't want people standing at the bar closing and opening tabs basically it we just want people to be able to get beer as fast as they can and have a good time that's yeah. that's the idea behind the tickets for for that day yeah no that's a good way to good way to handle it because you, know, you go to so many so many places and you end up waiting like all right let's leave you ready to go all right let's go and then go you and wait, close out close the tab. <laughs> yeah yeah, that and will not be the case on April 4th. Yeah, yeah. no, it's going to be, sounds like it's going to be a good party up here. Yeah, yeah, we're looking to have a good time. Yeah, so we got a lot of new beers that we're going to be, that will be ready for that day. We talked about the Czech Amber Lager. Uh, that's one of those things that we, we expect to, to kind of grow into one of our mainstays. That version of Czech Pills that is a little bit richer in malt character. Uh, we've got an alt beer. Uh, again, we're, we're doing a lot of like traditional German beer. So alt beer is your is your basically your darker Kolsch. It's very much like Kolsch. It's a little bit more bitter. It's got a little bit more hop character, and it, it has more malt character as well. So we're going to be doing alt beer and the Czech Amber Lager. We're going to have uh, for the first time. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing limited amounts of bottles that day only. Uh, Twenty cases each of. Uh, German Doppelbach, uh, basically a double lager, a double strength Bach lager, um, Belgian Triple, uh, which is one that we brewed and released before on the pilot system uh, that we rebrewed for the larger system. It turned out really well. Um, that beer was hopped uh, exclusively with German Mandarina Bavaria. These really, really nice uh, German killer. hops. Yeah, Thank it's great. And then, um, then we've got a English barley wine as well in bottles. Uh, uh, that I'm kind of hoping becomes our, anna our on anniversary yeah. beer. Um, yeah. All of these are still kind of in your in your range of like drinking without you know being uh, turned turned away from like high alcohol. So. Right. Yeah, they're all kind of in that eight percent, kind of hovering around there. You don't sort have of to range. serve it in an eight ounce glass. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, you could you could definitely drink a pint of it. Uh, but it's, so those three, we're gonna have about twenty cases each in bottles that day. Um, we're gonna have limited draft on those. We're gonna have some other kind of special things that we brewed just for the day. Uh, we're gonna have. We really like doing nitro beers here right now. We've got an ESB and a mild on nitro. We're gonna do a wee heavy on nitro uh, for that day only, and then we're gonna have um, some other little projects uh, we've brewed in the past and released here at the brewery on the, on, the, on our small system. A strong saison that's conditioned with Britannomyces. So we did basically a strong saison. We split it three different ways. 
few different strains of Brett's and then a blend of a whole different strain, a whole bunch of Britannomyces or this wow. wild yeast that kind of transforms this beer. Uh, so those have been conditioning for the past few weeks. So it'll be ready in a month now for uh, um, so some kind of one-off, definitely a lot of experimentation type stuff. And, and then, yeah, a few more surprises in the beer that we'll uh, release later. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Where uh Social media is where you like Facebook stuff like that. Yeah, time. so yeah, uh, so Facebook and Instagram both have the buy now buttons right there on the pages for the Eventbrite. So if you're on our um, Instagram handle, uh, there's an Eventbrite button that says buy now. Uh, same thing for Facebook. Um, otherwise, you can go to newmagnoliago.eventbrite.com, and that'll take you directly there. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. It's also crawfish, crawfish uh, season, yeah, and yeah. and we're gonna have crawfish that day. It's yeah. gonna be and lot and music and and oh, we have some pop up food concepts. We're talking about roasting a pig in the parking lot. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. we're gonna some luau yeah. dancers, some fireworks show later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check with the neighbors. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be a good time. Cole walking, you know, the whole yeah. nine yards. Well, appreciate you guys having us out, hanging out at the brewery. Man, this place is really badass. The beers were excellent. Thank you. The beers Thank you. were very, very good. Uh, yeah, I ended up with the the Redwood IPA. Yeah. And like I said, man, it's like a classic. You know, it reminds me of a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of beer. <laughs> Indeed. So really good. Shane Robinson and Sean Spiller, man, appreciate you guys having us out. Thanks so Likewise. much. And want to thank everybody for tuning in for this week's episode of Drink of Ages. You can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, drinkofages.com, and man, talk to everybody next week.